FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Okay, back while on probation for the Pulp MX wrap-up show for episode 393, which featured Michael Lindsay in studio, Zach Osborne, Zane Merritt, and Dane Bentley on the phone, as well as Will Hahn and JT. I want to thank all the Pulp MX sponsors right off the bat, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, the Michelin Starcross 5s, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, Roots Gra- Roost Graphics, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. Uh, I got to make up for last week. Steve was not thrilled with the uh, sound quality of the show. I've got a couple superstars on the line with me that I want to introduce right now brought to you by WUSA who is providing the best quality wheels in the business whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior W has a wheel for you W can even restore your old wheels so visit WUSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you tonight WUSA brings you a guy who has a set of W wheels on his 06 Honda Mr. Travis Marks the birthday boy what's up Travis Yo, and they look sick. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. They go really slow around the track. Yep, yep. I'm a little jealous. I don't have mine yet. Um, and you're also on probation, so we're gonna try to make up for that tonight. Um, I'm on like permanent probation, though. <laughs> let's be real. Well, apparently I am too. Uh, our other guest <laughs> is brought to you by Guts Racing. If you're looking for a high performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is it. Andy, Craig, and Guts are providing seats for many of the best riders in the world. So visit GutsRacing.com. Tonight, Gus Ra- Guts Racing brings you pulp listener Guts Keeter. Gus Keeter. What's up, Gus? Hey, guys. How's it going? Going good, man. Glad to have you on. Appreciate you reaching out and um, wanting to do this. Um, before we get started, give me – I always try to ask a little bit, Have you know, how long have you been listening to pulp? What brought you to pulp? So I'm kind of a random, random show-up kind of a person. I started late in 2015. Um, I was cruising on YouTube, and I was looking at some Travis Pastrana videos, and I stumbled upon some, like, Supercross stuff, and I was like, this looks pretty awesome. And next thing you know, I found Pulp MX, and I just dove, you know, straight into it, and now I'm kind of a super fan, if you will. Yeah, you uh, you do you send some tweets to Travis every once in a while, don't you? I know I see your your uh, at guts Ke- Gus Ke- I keep saying guts because of guts racing at Gus Keeter uh, Keeter <laughs> up on Insta- uh, Twitter all the time. Yeah, that's kind of my my little claim to fame for my seven <laughs> Twitter followers. Right. Well, we're going to get into tweets at Travis here in a little bit. Travis, uh, once again, the birthday boy, uh, and you decided to forego the hookers blow and rock and roll for the number one moto show about a show in the world. <laughs> uh, for the sake of my health, it just seemed like the smart thing to do and had nothing to do with me not remembering that my birthday was today, even though that really doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, when I saw we'll that, I was back. like, I wonder if he realized that when he agreed to do this. Yeah, no, but I don't, I mean, not, it wouldn't have changed anything. I don't really 
care anyway, you know. Right. So. Yeah, we're old now, and celebrating birthdays is <laughs> kind of lame. Um, I do yeah. want to apologize to the listeners we do have about the sound issues last week. Uh, you know, I, it was, we had some phone issues, multiple things I cut out and it just didn't come out. Well, I can't do anything about it at this point. I apologize. It will get better. Um, this is, you know, Travis, I'm sure you guys have had technical difficulties here and there. It just, it happens. Never. No, no That's fake news. <laughs> no, everything goes perfectly smooth at Pulp Mac headquarters. So, uh, fair enough. You can cut that out if you'd, if you'd like. Right, and I do want to, I, I've mentioned this on Instagram and Twitter, we have a new segment that's going to probably be starting next week. Uh, it's going to be called Hello Pookie, uh, based off her fandom for Hello Kitty, and we are going to do questions for Pookie. So you guys can email darkside at pulpmx.com. Any questions you have for Pookie, and we'll start doing one or two of those per episode. So I think that's going to be fun. I've already got quite a few. Um, all right, let's talk about episode 393. Michael Lindsay was in studio, and I believe at the towards the end there was a voicemail or a tweet about all the hate for Michael Lindsay that he gets sometimes. Um, honestly, I've seen some of that. I've heard some of that at races and stuff. There's some people that do not like Michael Lindsay, and what I always hear is it's he's such a smart guy. He just comes off as like cocky or know it all. And I think when you deal with people that are really intelligent, sometimes they get that vibe. But I mean, I think Michael Lindsay's a very nice guy but very, very knowledgeable. Um, Gus, what do you think, man? What do you think when you listen to Michael Lindsay? So I was pretty pumped when I was given an opportunity to come on for this show because I'm a big Lindsay fan. I, I like him, and I, I do know what she's talking about. He gets a lot of heat from, like, the voicemails from the next week. People will trash him, and I don't know. I, I'm not really into the technical side right. like he is, but I enjoy listening to it because I feel like I – learn a ton from just listening to him and he certainly is a huge source of knowledge most of what he says goes over my head uh, we're going to talk about that also in a little bit travis uh you've, you've been around michael Lindsay a number of times when he's in studio uh what's the vibe you get dude michael's chill uh yeah i've come to notice you're always going to have people that don't like you no matter what once you get to you a certain point of uh you know public I guess you could say. I don't agree with that. Um, Nobody ever hates whatever. on me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he is, he's super chilly. He just loves dirt bikes. He loves to talk about dirt bikes and, and all the intricacies and, and the inner workings of them. And he knows that stuff. And, and that's why he likes to talk about it. It's got nothing to do with him being cocky or anything. He just, he's kind of like Kiefer in a way where he just likes dirt bikes. And right. I like listening to him because I'm not like super mechanical. Uh, I don't know. All I know how to do on a dirt bike is uh, change the gas and ride it, and both of those are sometimes questionable. So <laughs> I'm listening to guys like Michael to me are – it's always fun. I, I've gotten more into the technical stuff, especially like suspension stuff. I find it fascinating, and he's so smart on that stuff. So Right. I mean, if people would stop hating and just listen to what he says, I mean, like, I feel like it'd be, it'd be good for everyone. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his – some people just have like a voice or the way they talk and people are just like annoyed by it and you know, they can suck it, but yeah, shut I, up and listen. You'll I, learn something. I think a lot of it, in my opinion, anyway, from just a little bit of people that I've heard at the, at some of the nationals, when we talk about Michael Lindsay or whatever, you know, shows that are going on, they say, you know, he just, he like they say, like I know it all is what they say, but he, it's because he's intelligent. He's explaining things like in his words and maybe people feel like, 
I mean, like for me, like it's over my head. So maybe people feel intimidated. I don't know, but we'll move on. Well, I, I did want to bring up, this is something I was going to bring up later in the show. There was a discussion with Michael Lindsay. This to me shows how in tune with the bikes and everything and how smart he is. Um, uh, somebody asked him, I think it might've been a caller. Could you do a blind test with a shootout, like blindfolded or if they changed the, all the plastic could completely change the look of the bike. Would you be able to know what bike you're riding by, uh, just getting on it and riding it and it's, you know, it's characteristics. And he was adamant that yes, he could. Um, yeah, I, I think that just shows what kind of guy he is and what his abilities are and his testing and his intelligence. Uh, Gus, what'd you think about that? I mean, that, that kind of surprised me. I, I damn sure couldn't do that. I'm glad that you asked about that because when the dude asked the question, Lindsay immediately was like, Oh yeah, hands down. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that is awesome. Just, he was, you know, he feels he can do it. He's 100% confident about it. And, of course, I busted out laughing when Steve was like, how about we blindfold you and put you on the track? And <laughs> yeah, you get the, yeah the, the, track goes, the track goes left here, turn right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, right, it, but, yeah. Hey, and, sure, uh, I thought that was Awesome. Yeah, and Travis, uh, Steve says, you know, basically, I I'd love to do this, but, I, you know, I this is interesting, but I don't care enough to actually make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's just that's just Steve, you know, he, there's certain things that he just doesn't, like, sure, it would be interesting, but he's like, no, I don't, there's <laughs> right. no way <laughs> too much effort. me enough to actually do, do, do you think about it, was, it, yeah. Do you think it was too deep into the show, maybe hour one, he'd be like, yeah, 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 let's do it. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, Maybe. he does have a tendency to do that, doesn't he? Like, you can always tell that his interest in the show sometimes right. taper off a little bit towards the end, but All it's right. a long show. So, yeah. early, we're going to get back to the, towards the beginning of the show. Before we had any guests on, uh, they start discussing the, the Fly Summer Camp that the guys are at now, the release of the 2020 Fly Racing Gear. Um, I'm super pumped. I could not wait for the picks. Um, but, you know, Steve says they're uh, – you know, they're going to go, but all right. Lit, so, uh, I'm, I'm brain farting here. JT at some point asks him if he was excited to go or, you know, re ready, couldn't, you know, hope, hopes he can leave early or something along those lines. And of course, Steve's is like, yeah, I want to leave early. Um, I don't know. I don't understand that because I damn sure I would love to be at the summer camp the entire time. I, I wouldn't want to miss it. I hate that I'm not there. Um, Gus, what do you think about the, the summer camp and getting to go see the new gear and the release of all that? Oh, I've been checking it out on Instagram today. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. The, the camo gear is pretty fly, if you will. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been like a great time. I saw Kiefer was second place today in uh, with a pit bike race. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah, he posted up a picture for that. So, yeah, it seems like it's a great time. Yeah. Too bad that fly, you know, pays for Steve to go up there. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Right. Well, yeah, see, I, I, I uh, emailed JT last night and I said, man, I'm so jealous. I don't get to go. Like how big does the Moto X pod show? That's my show, by the way, if anybody cares, uh, how big does the Moto X pod show have to get for me to get invited? <laughs> He's like, it's really, really expensive. And I, like I said, I have no delusions that we deserve to be there, but you know, if Steve really doesn't <laughs> want to be there. I'll take a spot. Yeah, really? Um, something else Michael Lindsay said in the opening part of the show, um, he was disappointed since they're already kind of up North and they're going to Washougal and they're doing a Friday live show. Uh, he was really disappointed that, and Kiefer's going to be there, that Kiefer and Steve didn't reunite for round for a third try at a national, um, that, that I would love to see, but clearly Kiefer's done and over it. Um, Gus, what do you think though? Should, should Kiefer make another run at it maybe to redeem himself? 
that's a tough one. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Given the right circumstances, maybe. But I, I think Keeper kind of he accomplished what he set out to do with that. You know, I think everybody was hoping that he would score points or whatever. Of and, you know, it turned out, you know, not so good for him. But I think at the end, he accomplished. You know, he worked hard. His family saw him working hard. He gave it a good try, and you know. I think he's good. I think we could call it two two tries. And yeah, good. I think I think you're right. I think they they ended where they needed to. A um, couple other little things that were discussed was the I think everybody that has Instagram saw the guy eating shit on the 06 at Paula. That thing was just going around <laughs> like crazy. Um, you know, Lindsay talked about uh, a couple of the guys that that have jumped at. I think he said Josh Hill and of course. Um, my mind's blanking on Raha. Dirt Sharks brothers. Raha and Hodges. Yeah, and Hodges doing that thing, which, yeah, that it was really funny because he's like, he didn't even get close, just nosed into it. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. At what, it, and at what point do you look at it and you're like, hey, Josh Hill jumped this jump here, and you're like, oh, you know what? I can do it. I'm on it. Give me the bike. I don't know. I've never had that thought ever in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you, Travis. Uh, you know, you're you're you know, you're an amateur rider. Uh, you ever think well, you hell, you have done that. You you're famous for that. You freaking bonsai dune goon, you know, just uh, So never mind. I'm not even asking you that. We're moving on. Moving on. Uh um, Yeah, let's let's just drop that cuz we know that you would have probably hit you would have probably hit that thing and cleared it. And your, your wheels would have sure. held up. Your W wheels would have held up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because I would have cleared it, so we wouldn't even have been in trouble in right. the first place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we get into they get into some talk about Millville. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion about Justin Cooper was great. Uh, Lindsey Michael Lindsey says, you know, I think Justin Cooper feeds on confidence. Uh, similar to Chad Reed, if he feels good, if something things are going right and he just feels good, then he excels. Uh, you know, to me, that statement was kind of like, well, doesn't everybody kind of do that? Um, what do you guys, what do you think there, Travis? Yeah, that is, a, it does seem like that's a theme with every rider and it's yeah. always brought up, uh, you know, who knows how many times Steve or a guest has said that on the Pulp Next show. Right. Like, you know, it's scary if he gets a little confidence. Like, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> It's, like, it's just one of those things where, like, you say it, and then you don't really think much of it. But yeah, once you point it out, like you have, yeah, it seems it seems obvious. So I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, it's one of those things that Steve or whoever will will say. Um, almost, it almost seems like filler. Yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. certain points, right? You know, because you but can't. It, it is it is true regardless. I sure. mean, there's no denying that. All right, uh, Gus. A couple other things that were touched on. There was a discussion of, you know, with Cooper Webb and beating Roxin and their their history a little bit. And uh, Lindsay made a comment about something on Roxin's Instagram. And Cooper Webb apparently responded on this post and said, that guy's done. I guess meaning Roxin's done. I never saw this. I hope it didn't actually happen because that's just, I, I don't like that personally. Um, what do you think of those comments though, Gus? Did you see that? Or, I mean, did you happen to see it? And, and what are your thoughts on what Michael Lindsay said about it? Well, at the risk of being super bad, because like I said, my seven Twitter followers know that I'm a huge web fan. Yes, you are. But, um, <laughs> I, actually, I, I, I think the comment was the other way. I think someone had posted to Kenny's Instagram and Kenny commented that, you know, Cooper was done or that, oh, okay. that, was, my, that was my thought. But, um, I, for sure, I think that Cooper likes beating Kenny. Yes. <laughs> you know, 
just kind of sticking it back at him. But that that was what I thought the Instagram beef was. That okay. Kenny was kind of trashing Cooper in the. I don't like that kind of stuff. I think that was a couple years ago. Yeah, okay. I don't like that kind of stuff. I know, like, Daniel Blair loves it. He loves the drama. He talks about it on main event all the time. I'm just not a fan of that. I don't know why. I guess I'm just not that – that's just not the kind of guy I am. You know, I I don't like drama. But, um, all right. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Uh, more discussion with Millville. We talk about, they talk about John short going six, eight. I got to bring that up. Cause John's one of my buddies. Great starts, legit finishes. Um, they talk about Alves bonsai and down the hill in the first moto. Um, I don't know. You know, he ran off the track. The track was muddy. Uh, you know, I, I, I like the balls to jump, to just blow down that hill, but yeah, he could have killed somebody when he came on, um, Travis. Yeah, that was, uh, that was ballsy and, <laughs> and maybe slightly stupid. Right. Um, and I th- and I think the guys alluded to that quite a bit. It was funny because Steve kept trying to get Will Hahn's opinion on it. Um, we had Will on earlier, and then we called him back later in the show, and Will still hadn't seen it. And I tried to find a clip for him to watch it, but um, he he was pretty adamant on getting Will's thoughts on that as a rider. I think. Um, you know, just trying to see if there was some kind of justification for it. But yeah, it was. Uh, pretty pretty unanimously agreed that it was not very smart and probably could have been probably could have been penalized i'm sure right right okay a couple other points just to point out from the beginning of the show um michael Lindsay says is something in the moto moto universe finally right with ac doing great um you know i don't i don't know that it is finally right in the moto universe yet gus because it looked like it was finally right in supercross and with one to go it got thrown away I don't think we're going to know that until the final round. What do you think, Gus? Yeah, I was <laughs> man. I hated that. AC is my two fifty guy. Okay, and I know that you know Cooper said a little AC beef, but yeah, I really like AC a ton. You know, I think he's stand up guy. And when he you know crashed at Vegas, I I crashed with him. You know, yeah. And I I've been really surprised at his outdoor season. You know, I think he's more known for his supercross skills and yep. seeing him. I did not see him coming out and just dominating. But really? I, I'm, I'm very, yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't see it. You know, I I, I think Ferrandis and Cooper really had the momentum, or I thought they did. And, but to see AC coming out, I'm I'm stoked about it. Right. Even though Steve says nobody cares about your opinion or my opinion. I I disagree with you. Um, I, I, I really thought he was going to come out and do well, but that does lead into something Steve asks, Michael Lindsay. He says, to you, what's more surprising, AC blowing Supercross or his outdoor results? Um, you know, and, and I don't I, I don't really – I'm not surprised by either one, to be honest. I mean, like, you know, AC's known to make a few mistakes that have cost him big in the past, and AC's extremely talented, so there's no reason he shouldn't be able to go out and have these outdoor results. Travis um, – do you have an opinion on one, which one's more surprising, and uh, you know, were the guy's opinions right? I don't. I don't remember what Michael Lindsay said. What was his answer? I don't remember. Remi- I don't think they actually ever either one of them said which one was more. <laughs> like they just kind of went into some other things. Like they they went into um, Steve started talking about AC's personal life, some things that have changed, uh, which I thought this was really interesting. I know I'm kind of changing topics real quick, but talked about you know AC trying to appease his dad in the past. He's becoming a man. Um, so that, that's, they kind of went into that instead of really answering that question. Um, but what do you think though? Do you, are you surprised at his outdoor results? Like so many people seem to be. Um, I, I mean, 
a little bit just because he hasn't ever really had that great of success outdoors and, you know, kind of always been more successful indoors. But I don't think, I don't think the surprise is because of what happened at the end of Supercross. I think it's more just because he has never really done this well outdoors. Yeah. I wouldn't really correlate the two as, as a lot of people have. And I, I think it's interesting that Steve kind of touched on um, AC's personal life. I wish he would do more of that. Like, you know, let a little dirt out on, it's not even dirt, but just like a little more inside info on, on riders lives and, and how it's, what's going on behind the scenes and how it's affecting riders. I wish he would do that. Yeah, I more. do too. And not even just him. Cause there's other guys in the studio that could do the same thing. Yep. Uh, that have plenty of information. And it's not like it's, it's over. It's not like they're stepping over the line or anything or letting out some crazy secrets, but just little insights here and there. Sure. Well, yeah. Are, uh, are what, the good stuff is just those comments yep. that he talked about. I yeah, I guess just those comments he brought up about, you know, trying to appease his dad and becoming a man and, uh, you know, some things like, you know, just, and you know, some of these younger riders not having their parents at the races anymore. That was interesting. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I would have liked to have a few more details, but I'm sure he, you know, Steve being friends with AC doesn't want to cross a line, you know, and that's fair enough. Um, another yeah. big topic, which we sort of touched on with Alves was all the guys going off the track, um, Steve says, what the hell is going on? Uh, he made a comment that I thought was hilarious where he said, it looked like, um, damn it. I'm trying to find it here. I just, oh, it, it looked like a writer's meeting out there. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that tremendously at the, about this time is when Will, Will gets on the line and you hit the drop, the fuck Will Han drop, which is always a classic. Um, and I'm going to, I want to ask you about drops here in a few minutes. Um, but there was a lot of talk about everybody going off the track they talked about AC's Red Bull penalties, uh, you know, whether they agreed with it or not. And Steve just says, like, how about you just stay on the track? How damn hard is that? Um, see, so many guys out there look like a writer's meeting, that which I think is sound, Racer X soundbite worthy. They need to print that at some point. Um, <laughs> and, and then, of course, the discussion comes up again about should there be less banners? And Will and Lindsay both think yes. Uh, Gus, what are your thoughts on all the guys going off the track? Millville was super muddy. I think there may be a little bit more of an excuse at certain times. But give me your, your thoughts on that and what the guys had to say about everybody going off the track and about the banners. I feel like every week it's who's getting penalized off because of riding off the track. And uh, even this week, my, my wife was like, what the hell are they doing? Right. <laughs> it, was, it was just like they were just training right off the track. But uh, I think – putting a gap in the banners, that sounds like the easiest fix of this. When you go off the track, you can just cut back through the yep. banners. Yeah, because when Alex when Alex went off the track, Alex Martin, he could have bonsai down that hill like Alves did, but he went around, and I was there. The way he had to go, it was a long, long way to get basically to the sand rollers to, to get back on the track where there weren't banners. And, that, I mean, that's – that kind of is part of the problem is them not having a way to stop for a second and find a, a way back yeah, in. They're, yeah, they're pinning the it. They're pinning it because it's so damn far to find an entrance, and they're panicked. You know, if AC would have had a gap in the banners where uh, the him and Justin Cooper incident, Lakewood. I think a gap there he could have just cut back in, and there it would have never been an issue. Right. All right, Travis. So I brought up the Will Hahn drop, and I want to talk to you about this a little bit. Um, You've been at the show for a little over four years now. We're going to talk about that, too, in a few minutes. Um, but a little over three. Oh, I thought you Okay, you're now. on your fourth year. My bad, my bad. Yeah. A little over three on your fourth yeah, year. 
Um, so how do you decide when to hit a drop? Um, I, I guess there's no way for us as listeners to know when sometimes Steve does it. Sometimes you do it. Um, you gotta be pretty, yeah. da- you're pretty quick though. Cause something that happened and you hit a drop pretty quick, but I see you when I was in studio, you're also doing 15 other things, including playing the excite bike. How do you get, <laughs> how do you get the drops in? Um, it's interesting. It's definitely, it's definitely something that I've acquired over time. Obviously, if you go back and listen to when I first started, I probably wasn't as, I guess, refined as I am now. Um, whether I was overzealous with too many drops or, or was untimely with them. Um, it's just something that I've acquired over time. You know, you you can kind of gauge where the conversation is going and, and it's gotten to the point where, where I hear the drop almost in my head um, in a, in their conversation. And that kind of, it's like a trigger to let me know that I need to hit it. Cause it just seems, it just seems fitting. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of that way. Uh, just as an example, like in everyday conversation, certain, like if something happens, like I think of movie quotes in my head a lot. Oh, okay. That, that, that would slide into the conversation. <laughs> and if, I guess in a way that my, my thing with the drops is the same where like, as they're going, um, I'll hear like a Berluti sound gay and I'm like, okay, gotta click it. And I've just gotten so accustomed to son of a son right. exactly where they are so I could be quicker with them. And, and sometimes it's tough. Cause like sometimes there's, there's been plenty of times and there, there still are every show where I, I think a, a drop would be good somewhere, but there's not really a break in the conversation. So yeah, that's the other thing. Well. Yeah. That's the other, yeah. The other sometimes thing that... you can hear them like in the background where it doesn't get, it doesn't really get heard because it's, it's not enough of a break. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's coming over time and hopefully yeah. we can keep getting better at it. It really is an art form. I mean, you're, you won't, you probably won't know this reference, but you're like the Fred Norris of the show, which Fred is Fred Norris is Howard Stern's guy that, that he does a lot. Oh he, yeah. He's been doing sound yeah. drops for 30 something years. And, um, so, uh, speaking of the sound drops and you said, you know, in the beginning, maybe you were overzealous. Did Steve ever have, have a talk with you and be like, Hey, too much, too little, or does he? Did he kind of just let you come into your own? No, he he pretty much just let me go um, and let me do my thing. I don't think he ever really said like too much or too many. I think it was more uh, like feedback on Twitter or every once in a while, someone you know people would call when I was somewhat new and they'd be like, "More drops, more drops, yeah, or, yeah, or too many drops," you know, stuff like that. And so I try to try to take those things in in the mind and and use them. Um, you know, I was always. I was always at the beginning, not to back on Gibbs, poor Gibbs, but I, I didn't want to be like Gibbs because everyone just seemed to despise him so much at the end. So I was basically like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be overbearing, whether it was talking too much or uh, talking when I didn't really need to be talked or too many drops. I just didn't want to be annoying. Yeah. So I was probably a little, a little soft, but I feel like I'm, I'm all right now. I hope. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think anybody has any complaints about you that I've ever seen. And I mean, you're, yeah, I think you're uh, pretty damn good at what you do, man. So, um, you're welcome. Gus, uh, first scheduled guest of the night was Zach Osborne, who is, um, I've said on our show and I, sorry, Chiz, but Zacho is my new 450 guy. He's my guy. Um, (laughs) Chiz has dropped into second place. Uh, but they, they get right into the conversation. They're already discussing the off the track, excursions when Zacho comes on will Hahn, i think is already either still on or he came back on but zach says uh you know hey 
there's no no one respects the yellow markers. It's just a free for all, basically. Um, I've seen that a lot over the last few years, where you see guys like Marvin Muscan cutting a corner just inside one little, you know, yellow marker, which doesn't seem like much, but it's breaking a rule. And maybe now it's just getting way out of hand. What do you think? Well, you know, they're passing out penalties left and right. So I That's true. You know, I think it's a classic case if you give, you know, someone an inch, they'll take a foot. And Especially uh, racers. I think what, yeah, it's just what's happening and the, you know, quote-unquote heat of the moment. And, you know, I think they're going to take a little advantage like that if they can get it. Yeah. But there's mesh banners up, like you were talking about, they had in the GPs. It sounded like they kind of cut some of that out. Right, yeah, yeah. Zach talks a lot about the the weather at Millville. Um, again, I was there. I got there Tuesday of last week. I was there for basically a whole week. Um, he couldn't believe they. If, if, there was a point in time where he didn't think they were going to race. I was talking to a lot of the guys. They thought they'd get cut down to one moto. They were talking about cutting out Martin, Martin Hill. Uh, and Zach brought up something, Travis, that I didn't know about, You know, because there was lightning, a big storm going on. He, he brought up Destry Abbott getting struck by lightning like a couple times. I had no idea. Um but, you know, you, you think about that, like, has there ever been a national that was canceled? And, like, how would that look on the series? Not like, unlike NASCAR, who may be able to re reschedule a race for Monday or Tuesday. I don't know that a motocross race would do that. The whole weather thing was interesting. And Zach was, you know, like I said, he was really surprised at how the track turned out by race time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I woke up and, you know, I, with Fantasy Isle, have a bunch of stuff to do before the race and stuff. So uh, I was I was super curious what was going to go on if they were going to cut motos or, yep. or shorten motos or, or whatever. Um, but I like when I like when the racers come in and kind of give a little insight on on uh, how things are communicated and and what goes on over there. I guess I'm big behind the scenes because I like when they mention you know how things are going on behind the scenes and, and what decisions are made. Uh, for and for what reasons? And the lightning thing is crazy. The lightning thing is is scary. I don't think people take it serious enough. Um, as far as people that are like, uh, can't, why can't they just ride? It's not even. <laughs> it's not even raining. It's not even storming <laughs> yeah. anymore. Like whatever. But yeah, lightning, dude, no joke. And when uh, it was Michael Lindsay that brought a Vestry Abbott getting struck by lightning, okay. not once but twice. Like, like, dude, can you imagine be, just riding and getting struck by lightning? That would. <laughs> That would terrify me. I'd, I'd be starved. Well, yeah, getting so. struck by lightning, period, let alone being on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, no, hard pass on that. Yeah, it was the it was interesting that you talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, you know, I was in and out of a lot of pits. There was an extended delay between after practice, before races, and I was walking around, and really nobody knew what was going on. I had, Like I said, people were saying, oh, I think they're going to do one moto. Uh, I think they're going to do this. I think they're going to do that. We couldn't really ever figure it out. And, and then all of a sudden, hey, it's – Two motos, 30 plus two, let's go. Uh, so, you know, nothing really changed. And it did clear up for the most part. There was some more rain that came in, but, um, you know, at least the lightning passed. And it, it was pretty gnarly for a little bit. Hey, Travis, you yeah. mentioned getting up early for fantasy, and that reminded me of something that I actually kind of skipped over early in the show. Lindsay talks about his 184 points in fantasy and Truman's 185. Um, so I was talking to Truman before the races, and we were talking about picks and – um, I had to go talk to um, a couple different guys, and he's like, "Hey, find out what their their what their what their schedule is this weekend. You know how they're feeling, and let me know." And 
yeah, so we were talking a little fantasy after Moto's one for both classes. I saw Truman, and he's like, yeah, I think I got like zero and zero. Uh, I thought he was joking, <laughs> but apparently he did very, very poorly. How many guys just bombed out this week, Travis? Could you tell? Was it really a low-scoring weekend? Um, that's a good question. I would, it would take me a second to look, but okay. the, the lowest score uh, was 77, um, which is unbelievable to me how you get 77. <laughs> well, dude, I, I trip I out when I see people in negatives. Joking. Well, yeah, I mean, early in the races, you'll see – uh, if they're if they're really bad or if it's someone that picked a team early in the week and they don't even have guys on the gate or whatever, but they pick the first lap leader and they get it wrong, right? It'll actually subtract those points. So yep. yeah, they'll be in the negative for a bit, which is always always a little a little funny. Um, I keep joking with the guys that we need to make a thing where you, it's a contest for low score. Oh yeah, but it yeah. Has to be above zero. Yeah. So like, I like honestly, that. getting zero would be easy, but it'd be too easy um, to cheat though. Yeah. Huh? It'd be too easy to cheat because you just pick guys that didn't make it in. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, I would, I would you obviously put like parameters on it where okay. you have to, you have to pick guys or, or pick guys that are in the race or something right, like right, that right. that you think will do the worst. Yeah. Um, just for just for reference, last week at Red Bull, the low was eighty-five, mm. and before that at Southwick was fifty-two. So I mean. <laughs> That's crazy. 184 in in uh, retrospect to those, I guess, isn't terrible. But right in the in the grand scheme, I just like to joke with Dan because Dan was so bummed, and I looked up how many people, and and he only beat uh, he only beat like 40 guys on the on the day <laughs> out of everybody. So I was in full panic mode because I have Verizon service, and there is zero Verizon service at Millville. Um, you can walk about a quarter mile up to the entrance of the track and everybody that has a Verizon stands in this one spot and you get one teeny tiny bar. Um, so it just, I had no service all week. I could not pick a team. I just waited for Friday for the media center to be open for the Wi-Fi to be hooked up or actually Saturday morning. And then it wasn't working properly. Then the storm knocked it out. Then we lost all power at the track. So everything generator shut down, Wi-Fi shut down, when I finally get Wi-Fi back and I go to Pulp Fantasy, the page will not open, and I'm like, "What the hell am I gonna do?" I was gonna, I was real close to texting you from somebody else's phone to just pick a team for me, but it finally, it finally <laughs> happened. All right, let's um, let's get back into Zach Osborne. Um, Zach was announced as a special guest of the live show this Friday at Washougal. That's gonna be awesome. I hate that I'm not gonna make this one. Um, Gus, what do you think about Zach? Just as a as a caller, you know, as a, when he comes on the show, I, he I always I love Zach. I mean, I just think he's fantastic. What do you think of him on the Pulpamex show? So I, oh, he's awesome, and I, I know this sounds like a recurring theme, but I think all these guys are awesome. But I'm the I, same I really way. do like Zach. I really like Zach. He's from Virginia. You know, I live in North Carolina, like close to the Virginia border, so. I feel like I want to claim him a little bit. Sure. And and Randy Richardson, he's from South <laughs> Carolina, so I claim him a little bit too. But uh, I like that. I think he's he's, he's really stand up guy. He's enjoying the motorcycle, and for him to go do the the show like the night before the race, I think that says a lot about him too. Like I don't know, that he's just he's pretty chill. It seems like. Yeah. Okay. So one of the main topics that I was most excited about that they talked about with Zach was the MX of Nations team. 
Steve says he's already picked. It's a done deal. Zach doesn't exactly confirm it. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about that, both of you guys. Um, the discussion comes up, though, about, you know, like when, when Michael Lindsay asked him when he would go. Steve says that Zach would leave right after Indiana, which is sort of a joke. Lindsay says, oh, you're putting words in his mouth now. And Zach says, uh, yeah, I may have actually said that. Um, that shows Zach's passion. And he told me the same thing when we had him on a few months ago. Uh, like he would be willing to go three weeks early and set up. Steve asked him if you'd be willing to ride the 250. He's like, I'll do anything they ask me. That's the kind of guy we need going, uh, Travis. I mean, without a doubt, that's that's the mentality we need. Yeah, I mean, you want guys that want to be there. You want guys that actually uh, care and want to do it. And that's not to say that the guys that have gone in the past don't. But you want you want that drive. You don't want somebody that's just going to kind of lackadaisically say, "Yeah, okay, I guess I'll go." Right. Um, you want somebody that's pumped, pumped to be there and wants to wants to put in the work and do good. And um, I think Zach on a 250 would be rad. I think him going over there, the guys going over there early to, to press a little bit would be rad. Um, as unnecessary as it, as it kind of seems and, you know, that's whatever. But I think, uh, I think, I don't know. I love it. I love right. when the guys are amped. Yeah. You know, I'm sometimes iffy on like Jason Anderson, but he, last time when he went, he was pumped to go and wanted to do good. And, oh, yeah, he killed it. And he, he, he rode like an animal, you know, and I'd be pumped to see him go again too because I feel like, I feel like when he goes, he wants to do good. And yeah, just like Zach, those are the kind of guys we need. Yeah. And Gus, um, they, Steve talks about, you know, this thing, he's brought it up a whole bunch of times about, uh, you know, changing the way that our thinking, the United States changing our thinking, bring a guy like a, a 450 guy down to a two, 250. He's ma- mentioned Zach. He's mentioned, I think Barsha. I don't know that I agree with that. I think he's wrong because we have 250 guys that have been riding on two fifties that are amazing on two fifties. Why would you not take one of those guys? Right. Um, I think I like the idea of Barsha on a, on a summer bike. Although I think it might ruin his career because I think if he got a taste of that thing, he would be like, my 450 is terrible. But <laughs> I think, I, I think uh, I'd like to see Barsha on a summer bike. Zach on a 250. I, I don't know. I like it. I think it, I think it shows outside of the box thinking. And when you mentioned people like, you know, back in the 80s, like Ward and some of those guys dropping down, you know, a bike and having no problem with it. Those guys are like icons, you know, all-timers. And if they'll drop down to a little bike, I don't see why one of our guys can't. So I, yeah. I, I would be cool with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, given, I would be cool with it. I, I, option. I would be cool with it. I just think that, you know, Adam Cincerillo and Justin Cooper are extremely talented on 250. Why would you overlook them? But, I, I mean, That's I appreciate true. your opinion as well. Um the other thing, you know, Steve, again, he, he says Zach's on the team. The team has not been officially announced. Um, what do you guys think about him making those statements? Adamant, hey, it's done, you know, before it's actually been officially announced. Do you think you have any problem with that, Travis? Um, no, I mean, not really. Because uh, there's been times where I feel like he's done that and it, he's kind of joking and it doesn't even end up happening. And obviously right. there's other times where he does it when he actually knows uh, what's actually going to happen beforehand. So he's saying it as a joke and, and uh, it's kind of a cover up. but yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's, it's kind of funny in both, in both senses, I think. Um, so, and, and we're always, we're always talking about more information in this sport, yeah, right? Yeah. We always, 
all the all the secrets. Why is everything a secret? Um, somebody mentioned, I don't think it was Steve, but somebody mentioned um, guys are signed three months before we hear about it. Right. Why is that? I think it was actually Daniel Blair on his show. Um, why is that the way it is? Like joking or not, if he if he knows and he's kind of jokingly putting it out there, I'm all about like more information sooner. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think it holds us back a little bit. Ahead, I think guys. that's what's awesome. I think that's what is awesome about the pulp shit. I mean, that, that to me that makes it when he, you know, Steve is on there dropping stuff. So Zach, right. he didn't deny. He did not deny. So to me, I feel like he's kind of a done deal. Right. So, all right. I want to thank uh, OGO Ride Engineering, LAHondaWorld.com, Eagle Grit, EVS Sports, Firepower, Get Data, Guts Racing, W Wheels, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace. Uh, all the all these sponsors make Pulpamex happen. You can go to pulpamexshow.com, click on the sponsors link. All the the links to the sponsors are there, discount codes are there, and even some of the sponsors that don't have discount codes. If you contact Pulp through the contact form on Pulpamex, you a lot of times Steve will get you a discount code. So appreciate all those guys allowing all these shows to happen. Um, okay, next guest, my boy from Texas, Zane Merritt. Man, I was so stoked to get Zane on the show. Uh, I told Steve like a week or two ago he needs to do a privateer island pod with him. Uh, that crash in the second moto was gnarly. Um, I don't know how many of you, if you guys saw the actual video because it wasn't shown on the actual race. Um, Zane posted it on his Instagram. I knew something must have happened because he went down. He didn't come around the first lap. Um, and I went and checked on him as soon as the 450 moto started. I finished the 250 motos, and, dude, he was beat up. He's got huge gash in his forehead. His face is all messed up. Um, tough kid. Great interview, in my opinion. Steve did a great job. The kid has heart. Gus, what did you think of Zane Merritt and how Steve handled him? Well, I, I thought he sounded really polite, which, you know, I like that. He sounded very, very polite, you know, humble. He seemed, you know, very gracious for the opportunity. Um you can tell he's young, but, you know, that's fine. All those guys are young, but, you know, he's eager, and I think he would do what it takes. And I, I like to hear Steve's excitement because it, it sounded like Steve was excited to talk to the guy. Yeah. You know, he's been talking about the last few weeks on the show, and, you know, I, I think Steve enjoyed it too. I agree. And before I get to you, Travis, I want to back up um, for the Zach Osborne interview if you haven't listened yet if you happen to for some reason be listening to this and haven't listened to the pulp show yet zach tells a really funny story about trying to get a set of forks onto an airplane so yeah you need to check that out i'm not even getting into those details because i want you to hear it from him good stuff go check it out um travis what do you think about zane and um man he he is ready for some privateers to get a chance uh he has no quit in him other than if he almost gets knocked his head taken off i guess um he was ready to go back out there though but it was already over by then the kid was the kids on fire man what do you think yeah i like zane i mean obviously we pay attention to some of these guys a little bit more because of fantasy and i mm-hmm. think i don't think that's a bad thing at all i think that's only beneficial for some of these uh lesser known guys um but yeah he he's gnarly and he's fast he's obviously got some some skill and potential um and, and we always say we love the guys that don't quit dan always says after the races, he'll come. The guys will come up to him, uh, Alves or or Merritt or different guys, and I didn't quit. I swear. I yeah. Know my bike blew up. Yeah. Zane told that to like Steve. That. <laughs> yeah. Zane told that to Steve at um, um, WW maybe one of the rounds, yeah, where I think Steve said something on Twitter about him 
pulling off and he's like he found him at either that race or the next race it's like i didn't quit the you know the bike broke yeah yeah um he just seems like a good dude like he he, he works hard he just wants to race and do good and, and he's super grateful for obviously all the help he gets from from his sponsors his, yep. his local sponsors his bigger sponsors everything he just seems like a good dude and you always want to see guys like that do well and and so yeah i know i'm a, I'm a fan i'm written for him and that hair is beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of took the. He's taken the um, the attention away from my ponytail, though. That's I'm, I'm a little bit not. <laughs> no, down. you're good, man. Yeah. I'm not really down yeah, with that. Um, pony is greater than you're, you're good. <laughs> if only we know knew who Darkside's ponytail on Twitter was. Uh, all right. Um, one one of the funniest parts of this interview to me was uh, Steve asked Zane why Hondas. And Zane's, uh, I'm on KTM's. <laughs> Get your shit together, Steve. Do your fact checking. Uh, be a professional, Gus. I love when I love when Steve messes up. I, you know, and I, he knows that, and we we joke around with each other a lot. But I, I get a lot of joy, probably too much, out of uh, <laughs> yeah. either being wrong or making a mistake of some right. kind. It, it brings me great joy. How about you, Gus? Yeah, I mean, because he'll pull up. He's like, oh yeah, you know, back in '91. Bob Senior won the second moto at Bud's Creek, and you're like, how the hell do you remember this stuff? And then he'll, you know, pull something like he did. So it, it makes you see that he's a little more human. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, you, I always I've said on Twitter and on some shows before, like I'm always amazed at his memory, but now I'm starting to think, well, he may just he could say whatever the hell he wants. I mean, as long as <laughs> yeah, and you as long it. as I don't remember, I believe it. So, yeah, we've <laughs> been making stuff up this whole time. Right, right. Um, and again, go listen if you haven't listened to the Zane uh, Merritt interview. He he has some really good thoughts on his opinions on some factory guys quitting and some ideas for privateers. So check that out. Uh, okay, JT comes on the line after Zane Merritt. We have a huge discussion on the issue in Canada, and I want to get into that. Uh, there's a lot going on, and we're we're starting to run a little long here. This show may actually go over an hour. You know what? I think we're going to do a four-and-a-half-hour wrap-up show. No more hour. We're going to do a You're full. You're out of your mind. No, we're doing a full show. Yeah, do so. we get cookie snacks, or is there going to be cookie <laughs> snacks? Or? Uh, yes, they will be delivered. <laughs> we're going four-and-a-half hours, so get your get your drinks ready. Get your Red Bulls, Monsters, whatever. No, but really, um, JT comes on. Big discussion on the Fly Summer Camp. Um I'm just going to touch on these couple of these things. We're going to get to the Canadian thing in just a second. Um, he, he, this is where he asked Steve if you're excited or wanting to leave early. Steve says, of course, I want to leave early. Um, Lindsay asks if there's an embargo life, and JT says, nope, as soon as you land, game on, which we saw that on social media this week. They are posting stuff, so go check it out. Listen to the show for all the, the discussion on that. More MX of Nation talk. JT gives who he thinks his four guys are. I'm not going to touch on that. You go listen to it if you want to hear it. Um, so the Canadian issue, this is what I want to get into. If you guys don't know about it, I don't know where you're living. Uh, Filthy Phil gets into it with Michael Lessie, all kinds of drama on the track. Apparently a lot of stuff that wasn't caught on video. Afterwards, Phil goes over to Alessi, is yelling and screaming at him, tells him he's going to kill him. Major, major discussion on this topic. Um, so here's what we got. Both were penalized for the on-the-track issue. Phil was DQ'd for his off-the-track issues. It, uh, according to Steve, MCR wants more done. Uh, Alessi was docked five positions along with uh, – that was the pen penalty. Phil was docked five plus five more for separate incidences, basically. Um, and Steve says he's fine. He should have been fined instead of DQ'd. 
apparently, uh, apparently Tony Alessi and Genova think he's crazy. He's insane. Um, Steve says in the history of motocross, 8,000 riders have threatened to kill other riders. JT says I've threatened entire to kill entire villages. Um, JT tells a great story about doing donuts in another rider's pit until you couldn't see anything. Just a, a whole lot. This was a great, great discussion. Uh, Will calls back in and says he doesn't understand the DQ. I'm trying to touch on everything, and I'll let you guys talk here in a second. Um, JT mentions that if there's no video, nothing happens. But because it was on, caught on video, there's kids around, um, you know, something had to be done. He asked Steve, if you don't DQ them, what do you think the punishment should be? Steve says something like a $1,000 fine. Uh, it was Steve says, you know, Mike could have just said uh, in, in his defense and pro- maybe gotten out of trouble, say, I had a crazy person trying to threaten me. Because part of the issue was at the end of the race, apparently, they stopped and then Phil confronted him. Alessi rode backwards basically along the track and or along the triple, and I didn't see it, so I don't know exactly how it went down, but Colton Fasciotti had to check up to not hit the guys. All kinds of drama. I mean, like, it doesn't even sound like it could have actually happened in a real race. Uh, Phil apparently was upset that a media guy filmed it. Who knows what the hell he expected. Gus, what are your thoughts on this entire conversation, um, how it was handled, on Steve's opinion of the DQ being too much? Most everybody agrees with that. What are your thoughts on that? All right, so I've got notes here. Okay, yeah, because I went long. Sorry. No, I I knew that I made notes when I was listening to the show because I knew this was a thing. Yes. But um, so Steve was saying that you know eight thousand riders have threatened to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. But uh, you gotta look you gotta look at it in a vacuum, right? You gotta look at it in a vacuum. (laughs) Nice. Don't know that. Nice. Don't know that. You can't threaten to kill somebody. You can't do that. But. Um, I think it was taken out of context. Obviously, Phil is not going to, well, I don't think Phil is going to kill Alessi. No. I think, I, I think a fine, because I remember on the pulp show listening to, like, these stories about Phil using his cell phone light to work on his bike so he didn't <laughs> use any electricity. Right. Like, Phil is so cheap that if you hit the guy with a fine, I think it would crush him. The, the other Good big point. question I have, <laughs> the other big question, does Phil do this in the USA? Like, if he's racing the American Nationals, does he put a group backwards on the track? Like, is, is the championship pressure? Uh, Whose dog? Phil, or... Who's, whose dog was barking? That was mine. I hit mute. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's no, a, that's a uh, fine. You can leave that in. Dog oh, I'm leaving it in. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gus. Sorry. Do you think do you think being disqualified was excessive with Steve? Oh, yes. That yes, that's a bit much. You know, just just hit him in the pocket book, finding fifteen points or something like that, you know. But the DQ is a little much, yeah. Travis, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, Steve is good friends with Phil, but Steve um was honest. He he said his beliefs, whether Phil likes it or not. And, you know, do you think that Phil overreacted and um 
I mean, Phil Rove reacts a lot, I think. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think he overreacted. I think most everybody would probably agree with that. Um, and and obviously, Steve isn't afraid to normally say when even a friend of his is is out of line, and he did. And and that's probably when you know, obviously, everyone knows he's not afraid to do that. And here come the comments about how we gargle Steve's balls on this show or whatever. But um, yeah, I think I think everyone was right. I think Phil reacted. I think a fine was excessive. Um, I think they hit all the all the points perfectly as far as that whole situation. But I liked the whole conversation because it 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 flowed well. There was so much to take in. There was just so much happening. And when you get guys like Steve and JT and you know them telling their their sides of this these situations it's always it's always good to listen to because they they tell the story as well so yeah I, for sure it was good i think they hit him i hit, i think they hit it all right all right so we're going to move into the ex brand tear offs there's a couple that i made notes of um all right so the first one travis is going to be i'm going to have you comment on uh, uh moser asks who's the best mud rider in the US in the world you hit the waffle waffle drop almost instantly for JT, um, which he did not really waffle, but you know you you expect it, and that's you're you're on point with that. JT says uh, Stefan Everett was AP probably is now. Don't totally agree that AP is on the 450 anymore. And I actually talked about that with him at um, at Millville. So if anybody wants to check that out, Moto X Pod Show YouTube. Um, anyway, yeah, promote myself promotion there. Um, but what do you think, man? I, I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about Stefan, Stefan Everts, but do you think, uh, JT's right? The AP still our best mud rider. Is this for me? Yeah. Travis. Sorry. I forget. It. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Um, I couldn't, I can't really think of anyone better. Honestly, I, I feel like Barsh is good in the mud. Yeah. I AP is probably better. I don't, I honestly don't know when, when they, when the question came up and I, kind of think of answers to myself i didn't really i couldn't really come up with anything either i i would never have said Stefan ever because i didn't really know anything about him either right. so um it's a lot different than sand you see sand a lot more everyone can tell you who's good in the sand yeah but mud definitely definitely a little off so whether he's right with ap or not that's probably my best guess so i would i would I'd probably agree i don't think it's a bad guess gus but if you look at okay anaheim one was a mudder barsha one uh, Dino was doing really well. Uh, Millville was a mudder. Eli, Eli and Co- Cooper wins. Eli's right there. Co- uh, Eli's always pretty damn good in the mud. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, the, there might be a few other options. It just, so much has been made out of AP being GNC guy and, and all that GNCC. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, same with Mark when they were, asking the question, you know, immediately start saying, I'm like, AP. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I think I'd take Jason Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Really? I'm just kidding. I no. thought so. Okay. Yeah. That was like, uh, I was, I was trying to like, rap, trying to like think back. Has Jason ever done anything in the mud other than crash like 15 times? They could bite me. crash so many times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Uh, this one's for you, Gus. Uh, the, the, tear-off question was, whose bandwagon has Steve jumped on off the most? A uh, couple of names were thrown at. Tomac, Phil, Chiz. Steve brings up those names. Tomac, Phil, Chiz. And then, uh, of course, somebody says something about the troll train, and, and Steve says, oh, no, 143 points down. We've got this. You're a long-time, long-time listener of Pulp. Is there somebody 
who stands out to you of a bandwagon that Steve has jumped on and off of? On and off? Ooh. See, I couldn't think of anybody. Pretty know, much this, when he when he I likes somebody, either. he stays. Yeah, you know, he's you know, picks Eli every year for the Super Bowl title. Right. right. Um, you know, the troll train, you know, he invented that little slogan. So yeah, I don't I don't see him as on or off. I don't I either. just see him, you know, just stay in the course. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, another ex-brand tear-off question was, is Steve's Muscan test where he's going to lay under Blue Crew <laughs> and climb out, is that really legit? Um, I say absolutely not unless the bike's running and there's people blown by on the track. And uh, apparently, from what I see on Instagram, they may have actually made a video about this today. I don't think it's completely, the full video is posted yet. Travis, is this a legit test, the way Steve wants to do this? I have I have my opinions and I've already voiced them to him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm calling fake I'm calling fake news. Yeah. I don't know. I saw a picture where he was like under the front part of the bike, almost where the header is. Right. And I don't know if he started there or if he, <laughs> if he saw a picture was taken when he got there. I wasn't even sure but if that like, was him. Like I couldn't tell. Like Mar- Marvin started like at the back of the bike almost with the chain, you know, the bike running and everything. So if he started at the front where. I saw him in this picture. Yeah. Then uh, I'm, I'm calling that's no good. Well, I, not, I've, I've seen other pictures, so who knows? We'll, right. We'll see what the, what the truth is. Not that out. anybody really cares, but I ended up underneath a bike uh, Thursday in practice for Amateur Day at Millville. The guy behind me hit me, endowed over me. His bike landed on top of my back. Uh, the rear wheel was spinning wide open and shredded my favorite fly jersey. Um I wasn't trying to go anywhere. I was just trying to tuck in tight and not get eaten alive until the guy got it off of me. Wasn't even about to try to move. So, yeah, I call it fake news also. All right. Yeah, the bike running is such a big part of it yeah. that I don't know. Yeah, well, you know. You, and he, he can say, like, oh, I just, won't, I just won't use the back of the bike to get out. Until that rear wheel you know, catches. It's, it's, it's still not the same. Like, even if the bike's not running and you're like, I just won't use the back of the bike and I'll pretend it's on, this. <laughs> no way to simulate it that no. it's actually on. Yeah, because once that rear wheel grabs something, it starts moving. So, yeah. All right, so yeah. he's, full of, he's full of crap on that one. Dan Bentley, uh, Geico <laughs> Honda team manager, or form, soon-to-be former team manager, comes on. Uh, we're not going to touch on this interview a ton. A lot of information. Um, I just go back and listen. But ben, Dan was a great interview. He did talk about uh, you know, a couple of things that I thought – stood out he was talking about the engine chains discussion he talked about them going testing uh at on friday up there by millville at another track i think it's called meadow valley and they they did a bunch of tests with random engines and the one that all his riders picked that they thought was the worst was the current motor package which shows they have a problem but i thought it was very honest of him to say that gus yeah best best interview of the night and okay. um i was i was really surprised at how how open he was yep i really feel like you can tell that he is like over it <laughs> He's, like, oh, just absolutely show me the door. just show me the door i'm over it yes this motor has no bottom whatever I'm right here like i was i was really surprised how honest he was and i thought it was just an interview i was too travis continuing with his um honesty when you know steve asked him why he's retiring and uh, Dan talks a lot about things that have changed with the sanctioning body. I'm too old and grouchy. Things are not going to ever change. I'm just banging my head against the wall. Uh, he lost some family members in the last year or so. 
couple of years and it puts life into perspective. All those things, very honest. Um, uh, yeah, I th- a fantastic interview as far as I was concerned. Yeah, and I like interviews like that. Like everyone, you know, they're not always amazing. Don't get me wrong. They're not always amazing interviews because sometimes they do. For, for certain people, it can be a little bit boring, but the part I like about them is everyone thinks working in the industry would be such a dream and yep. such a godsend and, and, you know, things like that, where you get a little insight into guys like that who have been there for so long. Um, and Steve kind of does too, the travel, the the politics and the sport, you know, everything that goes on, it's not always as glamorous as it seems and everyone always wants to wants to be a part of it. But I like that it kind of gives you a little look into it's not – it's not always that great. Yeah. And everyone does, everyone does get sick of it at some point. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it was a good, honest interview and I liked it. They're not always industry guys like that. Aren't always the best interviews to me. Um, I do find some of them some, somewhat boring and even parts of his, I found a little bit boring, but the, the stuff you can take away from it, I think is, is over, overcomes the, the boring bits. I think. So, yeah, for sure. Um, one last thing with, with the Dan Bentley interview, Steve asks if he talked to six time at Redbud, um, Jeff Stanton and Steve throws out, boy, Jeff Stanton, he's got some opinions perform. Uh, he's got some opinions on performance of other riders. What fucking opinions? Tell us. I don't oh, know. God, I hate do dude, that, Gus, dude. Gus, that drove me crazy. I was like, well, tell me what some of these opinions are. You can tell it's good too because, like, the inflection he put in his voice when he said that, it was, you know, it was a lot different than he normally speaks. And he's like, oh, six times. He yeah. some opinions. And I was like, they must be good. And like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I get maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he'll touch base on those at another time if we ask him enough. Hit him up on. Uh, Twitter, maybe he'll get those out. I want to thank BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxima Oils, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection. Um, hey, Travis, so I noticed on Facebook Live, and this may have been going like this for a while, but I just caught it last night or Monday night. Why is Flatfield wearing the Travis Pastrana Chest Pro? Uh, that's a good question, and I don't have an answer because I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming Steve put it there. Well, not yeah. Sure why it's on him and not somewhere else? But uh, yeah. Why is it not on flat? No, is, it, is it? Is it like laser? I'm going to put it on. Is what I'm going to do. You should I'm do put yeah, it on yeah. next show. Yeah. And, unfortunately, though, the thing is, you can't. We can't see you on camera. So like, you'd have to get like when you get up to go walk, get a drink. You should have like Dogger's helmet on and and uh, <laughs> Travis's chest pro. That that'd be rad. I'm going to do that now. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. So during the Michelin Starcross five read, Lindsay got a little tongue tied and you dropped the, you blew it drop. I want to give you props on that again. Just, the uh, highlights, just the drops, you know, honestly, um, I was talking to Brad Gebhart with big MX on at Millville this weekend. And he was talking to me about the show and it was actually his suggestion, like how or he was talking about how great the drops are. And I was like, man, you know, you're right. I really need to focus on this in this episode. So with you being on, I want to give you props for that. Um, good stuff. Thank so, you. Yeah, the drops are the drops are fun. It's probably it's probably the best part of what I do. Um, you know, getting to inject the drops is, is a replacement for me talking. So I'll take that. Um, yeah. No one wants to hear me talk that much. But I disagree. The drops are rad, and, I, and, I, 
and I like and I like the the ones like that that aren't from the show. I like grabbing little clips from from movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Put them in because things like that that you blew it. Sometimes they're so perfect, or like the the ones from Anchorman, like loud noises. You know, <laughs> when everyone's yelling, at, when everyone's yelling yeah. at everybody. Like I, I feel like they fit so well. So yeah, dude, I'd like to use them more. I need to get a better setup going. So well, hopefully we can improve on that all right so we're we're running at an hour and five minutes right now we're over schedule so i'm probably going to get even more clippy clippy but um i don't really care so you you mentioned anchorman will ferrell the i guess thursday night out at millville we were watching talladega nights in the toy hauler and if you guys i don't know how familiar you are with that movie one of the first interviews he does in the movie he's like i don't know what to do with my hands do you guys remember that oh yeah Classic. Okay, oh, so yeah. I, I, see that, I see that all the time at work, and people are looking at me I'm like, whatever. Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> I, I catch AC on the podium after the second moto, and I'm like, hey, you should do this when you're on stage. And he looked at me like I was the biggest idiot, and it really kind of broke my heart. Oh. Man, it, yeah, that that was and that would be that would be funny. And I, I just thought of him instantly while watching that movie. AC could pull that off, but yeah, apparently <laughs> he, he seemed to think I was an idiot. Eh, maybe I am. Um, all right. So very, very quickly, they get into some shootout top, uh, shootout topics with, or discussions, excuse me, with Michael Lindsay and Steve asked him about shenanigans from the OEMs. I thought that was pretty interesting. You guys go back and listen to that. If you haven't, uh, Steve talks about some of the OEMs kind of, you know, just making the engine a little, uh, doing little modifications on the, the test bike. So they seemed better than they were. I thought that was pretty interesting, but I want to jump into the race tech rant. Okay. This is one of my absolute favorite segments of every episode. I look forward to it. Unfortunately, in the beginning of this race tech rant, Steve, he's happy. He doesn't have a rant. That might change. Um, but first rant of the night. Um, yeah, I appreciate this one. Braden from Baltimore. Kenny Watson sucks. He's too negative. It's painful to listen to. And dark side, dark side is hard to listen to. I do appreciate him saying my heart's in the right place. But he says lose them. Damn it, Braden! Come on, you don't have to listen. <laughs> Go ahead, Gus. So Kenny, you know he can't. He's not as smooth as the rest of the people. But I will take his experience and his knowledge and his inside lines of the sport and his hot takes to deal with him. Yeah. Um, and that dark side guy, he just he's a good guy. All right, appreciate that. Bless, bless, his, bless his heart. <laughs> well, the thing is, Kenny didn't even talk that much the last episode. Kyle Bentley did 80% of the talking, I thought. Um, yeah, he was good. I like yeah. Bentley. What do you he think? What do you think, Travis? Um, you know, everybody's good. There's always going to be haters. We know that. We discussed that. Um, I've gotten my fair share of it recently, but I've gotten a lot of positives, too. But um, and I appreciate Bray- Braden having an opinion. Doesn't doesn't really hurt my feelings. But um, is he right? You know, not necessarily about me because you know you're not going to tell me the truth. But what do you think about Kenny on the show? Kenny's interesting because Kenny is is probably the most polarizing co-host that we have. Right? Yep, I, mean, I have I that in my notes. Yep. I can't ha- I can't think of anybody else that is either more love it or hate it um, than Kenny is. Um, but but I think Gus nailed it. Like Kenny's inside what he's done in the sport, and I mean, as long as he's been around and as much as he's been involved in teams and stuff, like you can't. There's no replacement for stories that that guy has, and and you top that with as honest as he can be, um, especially his last episode with 
you know, he's talking about how he went into, you know, depression and, yep. and stuff like that. Like, stuff like that is good. I feel like more deep stuff like that would only benefit everybody. Not only just because I feel like there's a stigma behind depression and, and mental illnesses and stuff like that, but just uh, coupled with Kenny's stories uh, about the inner workings of, of running a team and getting sponsorships and stuff like that, and it's, it's irreplaceable. So yeah. I'll take Kenny all day. Uh, not every episode like he used to be. It would it would get a little overbearing, I think, just because he does have a tendency to, to cut people off and overtalk and, and stuff like that. But the times he's on, man, I'll, I'll take it. I'm excited every time. Yeah. And then the second caller, um, and I don't even know if this guy had a rant, because all I wrote down was the fact that he defended the wrap-up show. Although he did not like the last wrap-up show, which is fair enough. We had the sound issues I talked about. But at this point, Steve, once again, puts me on probation. Yeah, okay. That's the story of uh, the wrap-up show at this point. All right, but then, wait a minute. Steve's not happy. I do have a rant. What the fuck is going on with strip club music? Uh, Yeah, so he talks about when you go to the strip club, you look around, there's older clientele, there's money. Should be like when we were young. Play some girls, girls, girls. Steve, when we were young and we were in those strip clubs and they were playing girls, girls, girls because it was current, <laughs> most of the clientele was now our age and had the money. They probably didn't want to hear girls, girls, girls then. Um, they're gonna play what's they're gonna play what is uh, current most of the time. I don't disagree with him because I would much rather hear those songs, the Van Halen, the Motley Crue. But he's wrong in my opinion about his theory there with the clientele now because. Like I said, uh, and of course, Mark, Marks, you said you can't twerk to this. Uh, Steve says, play some pour some sugar on me, and I'll be throwing dollar bills. Uh, when we again, this is where yeah, when we were young, the client. I I put my notes. When we were young, the clientele was older and probably didn't really care for a Motley Crew and pour some sugar on me. Um, Gus, I don't know, man. What are your What are your thoughts? I don't know how much of a strip club aficionado you are, but give me your thoughts. Yeah, um, luckily I you know I put those days behind me. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I'm not a frequenter, but I feel like Steve is kind of like Clint Eastwood, like get off my lawn, like <laughs> yeah. just, just killing his age a little bit. But I mean, are we are we really listening to the music? It's like you know, you're here for the the visual cues, not necessarily the the audio, you know, the audio clues. That right, right. So, yeah. Okay. On, what about you, Travis? Steve's the, Steve's the type of dude to to base a club off of the food <laughs> <laughs> all right well it was still extremely entertaining as the rants usually are it was at least a new rant it wasn't about chick-fil-a or mx of nations or uh amateurs so it was something new i appreciated it uh tweets of travis right off the bat travis how do you honestly pick the tweets i don't fully believe that you're just picking the funny names you're 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 going through them no. a little bit um, no, I, I read every I read every one. I read every response to the tweet that goes out in the morning asking the questions. I, I read every single one. The thing with the the thing with the usernames and stuff is is um, it's a lot of the same guys every yep. week. And I know we said this on the show, but it is and it's, even the guys with non funny usernames. Like there's so many of the same guys that send questions every week. So yeah, it it may sound repetitive, but that's for a reason. Right, the same guy and. You know, Gus is one himself. He sends in a lot of questions, but 
they get asked quite a bit because they're usually good. Right. And just because these guys with the funny names usually actually have decent questions, that's why they get picked. So So if you want um, to You know, come up with better come up with better questions, yep. idiots. Or get involved. Yeah. If you're not if you're not getting involved, uh, then your questions aren't gonna get read. Um, okay, so the first tweet that I wrote down um, really not so much for the content of the tweet, but it was, you know, it asked about, uh, whether Gibbs was quit or was fired. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but it leads to Travis Marks, maybe getting a promotion. Now I think I have a, I've heard a little, I talked to Steve off the air about some stuff, uh, about two weeks ago. So I think I know some stuff that may be coming. Uh, can you talk about this promotion marks? Um, I didn't know it was, it was that big of a deal. Uh, it's not, I, who knows? Um, but yeah, there's something will be there's something will be changing a little bit. I think it looks like so. I not, think it'll be good. I yeah. Think. Nothing negative. Like you're not yeah. you're not going away, but you're you may have some new no. some new um, roles, and there may be some new content um, types of content coming. I think. Yeah, and I have I'll have uh, let's just say I'll have I'll have new toys to play with as well. So. <laughs> We'll leave, it, we'll leave it at that. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a drone in the studio flying around for overhead views. <laughs> Don't I've, I've asked Steve. I, I would totally do. That. I have a little one. <laughs> yeah, It'd totally work if it weren't so loud. But right. Yeah. Okay. Another tweet that was brought up. Uh, just real quick. Uh, the guy said, or yeah, the Eagle Killer Daniel Blair alluded to Brayton going to factory Honda. Steve said, no, I did actually, I talked to Steve or to Daniel about that on a separate message. And he's pretty adamant that Brayton is going to Honda. Savachi wanted a two-year deal and Honda only said they'd give him one. So he would, so he's not going to take the Honda deal. It sounds like. Um, so that was his opinion. I don't know if he's right or wrong, but that's where that came from. It came from, uh, the main event show. Um, Another tweet for Lindsay or Lindsay Astor in the tweets. Does Davalos have any shot at the 450 ride? And Steve's answer was pretty quick. No. Yeah. Um, again, we're not going to get too much. We're really running late. So we're just going to, I'm kind of highlighting some stuffs. Uh, here's a good little segment though. Question. A guy questions about JGR's 250 bike being like a light switch with this new motor change. Steve didn't kind of discuss um, the power delivery and he can't remember uh, whether they changed it on the low end or the high end of the engine. And, Travis, this is a classic drop. Do you remember what drop you hit right here? Because uh, this got you on probation. This got you on probation. What did, did it say uh, I'm a shitty media guy? Yep, that was the one. No, no. doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, again, that's like I said, you and I are both on probation, but um, good stuff with tweets. <laughs> hey, yeah. that drop was worth it. Oh, absolutely. Okay, a couple of voicemails real quick, and then we're going to get our, to our BTO hot to- hot uh, takes, and we will be done if you guys are still with us. Thank you. Voicemails. Uh, some guy calls or leaves a voicemail about – he talks about Christian Craig, Brock Tickle, Cade Clayson. Basically, we it seems as though he is talking about the suspensions, the FIM in place, but he doesn't really say anything about that. Then he just starts talking about the off-the-track excursions. No content, no details, no idea what the guy was talking about. I got a laugh out of that. I think it was funny. Um, then, for some reason, they decided to replay the me- the voicemail about Kenny sucking and Dark Side sucking. So I appreciate that being played he twice. He just wanted you to know. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and, drive that. And the last voicemail that I took note of was about Steve and Pookie's relationship. Um, I thought it was kind of sweet. I'm a I'm a romantic at heart. Um, I really think Steve and Pookie are pretty. 
pretty cool the way the dynamic of the relationship that we at least hear on the air. Travis, you are around them uh, pretty legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're, obviously, they wouldn't be married to each other. Yep. So I would hope if, if it wasn't if it wasn't real. But um, yeah, they actually they they definitely have a unique relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, for for whatever certain reasons, obviously they have a bit of a different dynamic, and they they talk shit to each other a lot in a <laughs> in a jokingly loving way. Um, but that's just how they are. They're great. Right. I do get to see them when they're a little more lovey dovey, and it's you know obviously it's very authentic and real. So it's, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. And once again, we get another classic drop. I have to assume that Steve hit this one where he says, "Can I get a SoCal ho?" when they're talking about oh, that was me. Oh, it was you. Okay. I just assumed it was, was him, me. but that was uh that was good stuff. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this up. Great show. I give this a uh, a I'm going to give it an A minus. I don't know why. This is what I decided. Uh this is I didn't even ask you guys to prepare for this. Yeah, what do you what do you give it, Gus? What what's your your grade on episode what was it? 390? 393. Yeah, I, I think you made bail, man. You're off probation. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, okay, BTO hot takes. Gus, I'm going to let you go first. Cooper is captain of Team USA. Okay. And we win. Super fan. We win. That, that's, that's like raining yellow coming on and saying that James Stewart's going to be the captain. Um, but, <laughs> oh, and you said we win. Did you say we win? Oh, we win, dude. Holy shit. Win. Okay, Gus, you just yes, lost. Sir. I think you may have just lost all respectability, but hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with it, though. Travis, what do you got for Gus me? coming in hot. Well, see, I think this happened last time because my hot take was going to be that we'll, we'll we'll do better than I think what everyone's expecting. I feel like someone said we won't podium or it'll right. be hard to podium, but I think I think we get on the podium. Okay. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think we have no pressure. I think everyone will expect us not to do great. You know, at Aspen and all the sand and, and all the other guys that are better in the sand, but I think I think we'll do better than expected. I hope we do at least. And uh, I don't. Think <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly a hot take. It's kind of a warm take, but we'll take it. That's all I got. I bro. think we'll do better. Uh, okay, fair enough, Travis. Hey, man. I, well, I, mean, I I just mean I think we'll I think we'll do better than what people are expecting. Yeah. I don't think people are expecting anything crazy. Well, so. I certainly hope so. So, guys. Travis Marks, Gus Keeter, thank you so much for coming on. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Oh, man, show. thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a blast. I think this was a really great episode. Once again, all the great sponsors for Pulp MX, check them out on pulpmxshow.com. Use the sponsors. Uh, if not for those guys, I think Steve would have a very difficult time making these shows happen, even if you don't like this show. All the other shows, Shifting Gears, uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Testing, all those shows are because of sponsors, man. They make them happen. Uh, so f- support the sponsors. Please email me darkside at pulpmx.com and get me your questions for hello Pookie. I'm really excited about getting that, s- that segment going. Um, what, and just a heads up that will probably be a pre-recorded thing. I'm not going to make her do this every week. I'll pre-record them and tag them on the end. But if you send your questions, you can ask them. Um, I'd appreciate it if they're mostly respectable, if they're a little bit offensive, <laughs> you know, I will ask her if she wants to answer them. I will ask, but I can't guarantee she will ask all questions, answer all questions, but Pookie's pretty rad, so maybe she will. Okay, guys, once again, thank you. Uh, that's a wrap. We will be back next week after Washougal for episode 394 and probably a wrap-up on the live show from Washougal as well. Guys, thank you. Sweet. Thanks, all right, boys. All right, see, see you. Later. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show? <laughs> <laughs>